Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, we interview amazing real estate investor goddesses, badass women who are investing in real estate, and today's guest is no exception. Our guest today is Erica Williams. She's a YouTuber and a small business owner who shows shows people how to become smartphone millionaires, and we're going to talk more about what that means. She created a channel on YouTube called The Classy Climb to change the perception of what a real estate investor is, quote-unquote, supposed to look like. She started Classy Climb after closing a business in North Carolina and moving to Texas. In Texas, while working as an apartment manager, she learned about apps, real estate investing, and how to get into partnerships to grow her income. Six years later, her YouTube channel makes a healthy six figures a year in sales via courses, consulting, and she's making a huge impact in the internet community. On the classic channel, she shows people how to grow their skills, money, and time to help their family, their families in these changing economic times. And she's on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire people interested in building wealth to real estate investment and investing apps. She has a we share a similar mission in that way. So when and when she's not working or looking for her next investment, she's enjoying outdoor music concerts in the great city of Austin, Texas. So um, welcome, Erica. It's great to great to have you here. Well, hello everybody. This is Erica Williams from the Classy Clown Blog. <laughs> um, thanks for being on the show. So um, I, you know, I always like to start in these um, in these interviews from the beginning. So I, I mentioned it a little bit when I was sharing your bio, but tell us more about how you got started in real estate investing. You know, what what made you want to get into that game? So to kind of give people a little background on my family, we were from North Carolina, um, you know, in the 80s, you know, farm crunch times. Everybody in the family kind of went military, police officer, some type of, you know, um, you know, some kind of new career-ish, if you would say. But along the way, I learned about, as a kid growing up and it's getting older, what tax liens were because of family situations, because of just life, right? And while I was in North Carolina before closing my business, I went and I tried to buy a tax lien um, off the auction steps of North Carolina, you know, uh, in the federal where I was at. And um, I kept getting upset bid, right? And I eventually didn't get the property, but it just made me dive in deeper to learn about everything, whether it was farming, whether it was, you know, vacant lots, whether it was, you know, um, seller financing, everything, right? Uh, at the time, it made me want to, it just made me spark this interest in me to find out more about real estate. Hmm. Okay. And that's kind of Let me, start, let me go but, back. Because, I mean, sure. Uh, because I, I'm still like, you know, I, for until probably three or four years ago, I'd never heard of the word tax lien. Or the free tax lien. Mm-hmm. So, you're um, a younger woman. What made you go? Hmm, I want to invest in tax liens. What What was it that that made you say this is this is an interesting thing for me to do? So there were tax liens, and in, in North Carolina is kind of a, a weird state, but it's more tax deed than tax lien, but it's mostly still tax lien. And essentially, there was tax liens on our family's properties. And I was like, what does this mean? You know, I don't, I don't understand. And so I got this whole learning lesson of what it meant and also seeing some of my family yeah. members go invest in tax liens in South Carolina. 
So I, I learned, a, mm. it was like just learned a ton of things hands-on, and it was a great lesson. That makes sense. So then you um, you started, so you, you know, you feel like, okay, you have that very personal experience with tax liens, and then you got deeper <laughs> into it. And um, and then what was your, what was the first thing that you actually purchased? So uh, I ended up purchasing some vacant lots in North Carolina um, with the purpose, with the mm-hmm. mindset and purpose to put trailers, put trailers on them. Uh, and, and in the end, I ended up selling, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up selling both of them. And when I got to Texas, as I was working in apartments, I was like, hey, man, I could go back and do 10x what I could have did in North Carolina because North Carolina in comparison was so cheap. I'm in Austin, Texas, which is very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing um, yeah. a partnering deal with my mother, ended up doing another partnering deal with a friend. Uh, I ended up buying more vacant lots in South Carolina and North Carolina, um, all with the intention to uh, you know, put mobile homes on them. So certain states, you can still do mobile homes, two or three on a, a piece of property. Not all states, though. A lot of states have been kind of like, um, I would say, zoning laws have changed for certain areas. So just imagine these lots mm-hmm. are usually more on the country or the edge of the city, if that makes sense. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of how a lot of that got started. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you bought these lots, and um, – put mobile homes on them. So, you know, for those of you who've been following, you know, I have an investment in a mobile home park. One of the beautiful things is, you know, somebody comes, they put their home on it, and they pay you a rent Mm -hmm. to be able to to have their their home on on that. And they're not all that mobile. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it trailers or was it um, manufactured homes that they were putting on those lots? So where the part where my grandma's is is that somewhere that's a manufactured home, um, but on the other side is trailers. Mm-hmm. So the thing about trailers is, especially in North Carolina, if you own the land, you pay no transportation fee. Like so, they come, they set it up. As long as you have um, your septic tank, you know, connected to the property, you're good to go, right? So, mm-hmm. so that was a big. That's why they make so much money because people once they own the land can do what they want, right? They get this almost you know delivery free set up for free situation. And that's why it became easy for people. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So you started off with these lots and, and getting mobile homes and trailers on, um, on, your, on your property. Now, what, where are you now? What is your current investment? So right now it's like imagine 10X on 10X, right? Like steroids, right? <laughs> so just to give a short, uh, like condense it is, I own like four Detroit properties with a group. Then I'm going to do two rehabs in the spring in Detroit. Then I'm going to do two more house purchases in Charlotte. I'm in the process right now. Uh, then here in Texas, I'm trying to – I bought some land in Granbury, Texas, which is way up near Dallas. Um, I'm trying – I have one land lot in Florida, and now I'm trying to get – I'm trying to acquire um, some property closer to Charlotte, but it's really Concord. So – that's kind of – I have several doors, if that makes sense, uh, in various partnerships and some by myself. I even got one property for a dollar. I did a video on that. People love that. Um, it really was just a uh, – it was a subject to property. It's a creative financing situation. But essentially, I just alleviated a family yeah. who had basically an, an adult child living at home, and they're like, hey, we just want to rent this house out and be free of our problem. And so that's all I did is solve their problem. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Love it. Does that make sense? It, it, so it. only other um, thing I'm trying to build myself up to, I'm sorry. I was saying the only other thing I'm trying to build myself yeah, up to is I, I joined some apartment investing groups here, um, but, like, every deal they they do, it's, like, it's so fast. It's, like, it blows my mind, but it's really awesome. But it's one in, it's a, it's a group in Dallas and a group that's um trying to buy stuff up in Birmingham. So that's something on the horizon for this year, if I can get into one of those. Into an apartment syndication? Yes, an apartment syndication. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, oftentimes we have to be able to move fast. It's very sealed, right? Um, be able to make quick, quick decisions and get in the game quickly. But um, so I, you have quite a breadth of different types of investments and in different markets, um, and a, a lot of um, diversity in what you're investing in and where. So um, you know, what is it? This isn't so, you know, for, for those for you listening um, out there, I, I normally give my, my guests a certain some questions beforehand so that they can um, think about the answers. But this, I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't asked because, um, you know, as I'm hearing all of the different, the, the, the variety of different things that you are interested in and that you're investing in, how are you? How are you choosing your markets and asset classes, and um, you know, what, how are you? How are you choosing what you're investing in? So the best answer is for the partnerships in Detroit. Uh, basically, the group does a lot of due diligence before I even set foot in there. They've done a lot of due diligence. They have the, mm-hmm. a lot of um, documentation you need, and really, I'm just throwing in a portion of income, right? Like here's a portion on this property. Right. So go in on this property. So those four yeah. are kind of very easy. Get a check quarterly, keep it moving. Um, the properties in North Carolina, yeah. the reason I picked the ones in North Carolina is because Bevel Fort Bragg, again, where I tell you about the farming, our family, um, I think across all our family members, probably like 30, 40 properties um, at this point. So example, one of my cousins owns like all the houses around his mother, where his mother lives, right? So we know that area, we know kind of the prices, we know military renters for that area, kind of like the flow of the city. Um, Charlotte, we know that area because we have another family member living there. Um, South Carolina became a thing, and Florida. South Carolina became a thing because we had a niece and nephew who lived on the islands in Edisto Island. I don't know if you know where that is, but it's, it's, a, it's a very nice tourism area that's going to be booming even more. It's going to be like Hilton Head at some point here pretty soon. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I was yeah. doing tax liens in South Carolina, you know, I did get kind of get stuck with the property. But it wasn't bad. It was an empty lot. So I was like, well, this isn't terrible. It could be worse. Um, and that's kind of how that, how, that, how that rolled out. So, so this, those are okay. the most of like, so if you if we were supposed to put it on a piece of paper, my markets are usually where someone can do the really good due diligence and management if I'm working with a group yeah. or my two favorite areas, North Carolina and Texas, because I live here in Texas, I kind of have a, a thumb on the marketplace. Like, like before Apple was coming, I knew it was coming, right? Like the street I drive on all the time, all of a sudden that street had got repaired. Um, the school had $7 million on both ends of the, the street it's going to be coming on. All of a sudden, all this millions of dollars are being invested in this area. And I was telling people something's coming here. And people thought, well, what, what do you think's coming here? I'm like, I don't know, but if you look at the street, and the progression, something huge is coming. And, of course, then you hear on the news, Apple's yeah. coming, picked Austin. So I was like, 
I like because I know I can see the area. Does that make sense? Like I can kind of, I feel like Austin is going to be, it's going to be the Silicon of Texas. Right. And people like laugh when they hear that because if you're in California, you're like, that's ridiculous. But then when you meet, you know, we get 157 people here moving a day. Um, We've got 293 people moving to Dallas a day. We have sometimes 300 people moving to Houston a day. Um, The people that are moving here to Austin, though, the bulk of them are company startups, smaller startups, um, and just companies relocating. So I feel like this is going to be, I mean, just prime example, I'll give you an example. Three years ago, me and my friend were driving by this house, and it was a rental. Um, And I was like, you know, I probably could get away with using my first-time homeowners again on this property because it's been three years. You know, you just need to have to wait three years. And he thought about it, and he was like, yeah, I'll go in half with you. So we walked the property. I'm like, man, it needs new carpet. This bathroom needs to be redone. I really don't want to spend, you know, this money to fix this stuff. He's like, you sure? This is a really great number. So it was $135,000 in Pflugerville, Texas. I go, no. Literally the next three days, somebody else scoops it up. Like before I could even say, well, maybe I should change my mind. Like it was gone. And so now this same house, I drive by this area to actually look for other deals, just finished selling from the last owner for $285,000. So you went from 135000 to 285000 It just sold for 285000 And I keep telling this story to people because I want them to know they're not alone, right? A lot of people think, well, I've missed the market. I've missed it. I'll never make money again. You know, there's no point in investing now. It's too, it's too expensive. I just use that as a test for myself. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if you do that, if you do that again, this is what happens. You miss out on huge wins through, you know, hesitation or taking too long to do deal diligence. So, yeah. But that's also why I want to stay in this area that. and invest in this area. Yeah, so you made a couple, you made a few really great points. One, uh, and these are things that I, I teach my my goddesses and, and my courses too, because it's one is it's so important that you have a real familiarity with the market that you're investing in, and if you don't have the familiarity yourself, or you have somebody on your team that has that familiarity, because it really can sometimes be the difference of being on that that right street where they're putting in all of that investment versus, you know, maybe a few blocks away where it's not, it's not going to be as valuable Um, or, you know, that one block that nobody wants to be on versus the block that will will be worth a lot more. So that having that familiarity is so crucial. And the other point that you've made, which is really important too, is is being able to make fast decisions. I just actually wrote something about that. On um, on our on the Facebook page about how you know one of the biggest uh, I, I think one of the biggest predict- predictors of somebody's success as a real estate investor is how quickly they can make a decision, either yes or no. Um, but being able to make quick decisions is so important in this business. And if you take too long, you know he who hesitates. But she who hesitates will often lose out on these on these opportunities. So it is important to be able to to jump when um, when you see something that that's a, that's interesting. So those are those are great points. Um, so Erica, my my next question for you is what? So this is a question that I always ask because I feel like we learn so much more. Um, 
when when things go wrong, when we make mistakes, versus when things go right. So what would you say has been your biggest mistake, and what did you learn from it? Probably that Pflugerville house. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the best example of waiting too long. I will also say um, my biggest mistake is, is not realizing the value in your marketplace, right? And so prime example, like when I was in North Carolina, I had the opportunity to get like a home seller financing. And it was an amazing deal because I would have just been renting the rooms out at college. And I just said, no, I passed on it. And so that same street, like I know this sounds like a broken record for me, but it's the third street on Greenville, North, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, where East Carolina University is. I had a chance to do um, a seller financing deal uh, off of someone who knew our family, but I didn't do it because at the time I was like, I don't understand this seller. I don't understand that I'm going to still be paying this mortgage and it's not mine yet. And like, like I don't understand, right? So at that time on yeah. that street, duplexes were going for, if you look it up, your audience can Google it on their own. Um, they were going for like $75,000 for a duplex. And as a person who's 20, you're like, I just don't know. And my mother was in Iraq, so I was nervous. I didn't have someone to, like, advise me. My dad lived in Alaska. So it was like, ah, I just I don't know where to make this decision. Um, now that same street, those duplexes are, like, $200,000. <laughs> so, like, I mean, just two times. Like, that's probably my biggest mistake because at the time the college I went, it was such a growing year for the college. Like, the college went from, like, 7,000 students to like 25,000 students. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if this is a good idea to like, have, you know, pay mortgage to this guy, sign my name. I don't understand this whole seller financing thing. So I would say that's probably my biggest mistake. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from that? What did I learn from it? I learned, you know, the, the key here is at some point you're going to have to educate yourself. And if you don't understand, you need to ask questions honestly, because if I'd probably asked them a few more questions, yeah. it would have made sense to me, right? If, if I'd have been like, okay, how does this work? And when will it be in my name? And like, you know what I mean? Like just, or getting help from people in that area, right? But I didn't really know a ton of older adults that I thought I could trust. I think my advisor probably could even give me advice on that deal. Uh, he was owning real estate in that area. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, if you don't know something, do ask. Ask someone or build up a network of people you could ask, right? So don't ask your uncle who, who's never bought any real estate. I mean, like, ask people who know something, right? Like, go to RIA events. Go places right. where you can get good information. I don't mean just ask a stranger. I mean, like, be, get knowledgeable advice. That's my whole point, right? Like, a lot of my yeah. consulting calls, I feel like, are me just giving someone my, my advice on what I think they should do a lot of times, right? So yeah. um, that's what I learned from that is, like, same thing with the Pflugerville thing, like, ask somebody. Stop, think about it, ask somebody, just double check, you know, and I think that's why I've moved so hard now because I feel like, oh, I missed so much time. Like, I'm going to go get a bunch more now, you know, so. Yeah, so that that's really, that's good advice. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you clarified that because I would not recommend to people that you invest in things you don't understand, right? So don't invest if you don't understand. But. Um, if an investment opportunity comes, make sure you, you ask the right people so that you can understand it um, and then really understand what the opportunity is and what the risks and benefits are and then um, make an educated decision. So great. That's really great advice. And um, you know what? I want to I go back because there's something that you um, 
you, you talk about and you share, you show people how to do and as becoming a smartphone millionaire. And I want to mm-hmm. ask you, um, there really like what, what that means and, you know, what are, what are some of the ways that people can use their smartphones to do, um, to do well with real estate? So, so when I was in, so I went, I, I think I was in Texas for a year and a half, and people start talking about. I like would read Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Business. I mean, just what my degree was in. I, I still just study finance and stocks. Like, you know, I like invested in stocks in college. Someone told me, and then I lost like four thousand in penny stocks. But then I like learned better, you know. So I always was studying, and I was like, this gig economy conversation, these apps, like, what is that about, right? So as I started just literally from the palm of my hand searching on my phone, um, I started, like, just researching, testing different apps. And I was like, oh, my God, someone could literally make, like, six-figure income from some of these, you know, or people could really just save thousands of dollars or invest thousands of dollars via their hands, which is their cell phones in their hand usually, in various companies and various stocks and various, you know, like, not only can you make money, you can invest money. Not only could you invest in a company or invest in a startup. I mean, there's the sky is the limit. And if I could just like, I know I drive through cruise and people use that cliche kind of thing, but it truly is. Like when you pick up your cell phone, the amount of opportunities are just endless. It's like rabbit hole endless. Um, and so what I always recommend yeah. to people, even like people who get my book, is like pick two or three and just hammer it, right? Like, like if you're going to do <clears> – <throat> Like when people are saying, Erica, I just can't make any money, you know, I got laid off, something happened. I literally go open up your phone, go to your Play Store, um, and look through the apps, right? Um, people see the most downloaded apps or the most activity apps usually. So let's say you're in your Android phone, let's just let's use an example, um, and you're looking for, I want to do some deliveries for my car. Well, first you're going to hear DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, all that stuff. But if you actually keep scrolling through your phone, you'll see what's popular, like TaskRabbit or courier, local courier stuff where you're just dropping packages off to offices or Amazon Flex. There's just so many things you could do that it's, I mean, I mean, I really believe it's just hard for you to not have something to possibly tap into and do. Like there's no reason by the end of the week yeah. you couldn't have raise, raise your income up, you know, you know, double, right? Like, and that's kind of where that it started. But then I said, well, what if you even use it to, invest, right? Like you go on the flip side of that conversation. You're a guy, girl, and you're working and you're making money. Now, okay, Erica, what do I do with my money? Well, anywhere from like a Mint app, Bill Guard, Hello Wallet, Digit, um, Robinhood app, Fashion Vest, all these different apps are out here like at your fingertips to use, you know, and put your money into. And also, if you really look at it, there's over 50 crowdfunding real estate sites. You could just pick three. And every time you're putting you know, $500 or $1,000 into some of these. Fundrise is just an example, it's the most popular example. Um, you're getting 10% back on your money, 8 to 12%, but I'm just going to say 10% for the sake of argument. Where are most people getting 1% or 2% at? Most people are getting 2% from their bank, if that. And then when I say, no you can get 10% no, back on your money. money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so when I sit here and, and I do a video and I go, hey, you guys can – you know, um, I don't know if you ever heard of the book 16, 16% Solution, but it's talking about tax liens. And I would tell people, hey, this tax lien I just got in Florida, I'm going to get 18% back on my money. 
And people would look at me like I was on drugs or something. And I would be like, no, this is a real thing. <laughs> so I just started, like, doing more videos on it, doing more videos on it, talking about it, um, you know, talking about laddering up your income and how I, I kept putting $25, $100. I would just, every time I got extra money, I'd throw it into my lending club app. Well, I looked up, I had over 600 notes at one point. And I was like, holy cool crap. You know, that just added up really quick. And so what yeah. I learned out of all that is if you were really like, if you weren't just playing, if you weren't just putting 2500 bucks away, like if you're putting, a, you know, 500 a week away or something of your choice, you would have an amazing portfolio. Like I laugh every time I would print off my um, K-1 statements because my CPA would be like, really? Like it just be paper after paper after paper, like these long write-offs of <laughs> notes and uh, dividend stocks. But essentially like it just, it was a light bulb went off. And if you hear some of the interest rates I hear in these phone conversations, it would blow your mind. Like people are out here paying 22% interest on cars, 20% interest on cars, 18% interest on credit cards, 29% interest on credit cards. They're paying, um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot more people paying 10, 11% on mortgages. And I'm like, who gave you this horrible deal, you know? Um, and, yeah. and it just, and so, so on the flip side, they're paying these high mortgages, and when you try to tell them, hey, I, you can get 18% of your money tax leaks, or you can get, you know, some of these apartment investors, when they are doing these, you know, speeches when I'm in Dallas, they're talking about 23% returns. Like, you know, when I tell people this, they just don't yeah. believe it. And so I feel like if you know it, each one teach one kind of theory, like, hey, like I'm just trying to share it so that you can't say you never heard of this or you didn't know, right? So. Yeah, great. That's such awesome advice. Um, there are so many different ways that you can make money um, as a side hustle or, or invest. And um, you can definitely use your phone in uh, for real estate investments. And, um, and this is a good segue. I'm just going to do a teaser because uh, Real Estate Investor Goddesses is going to have something coming up this year in 2019 where you'll be able to use your phone to invest in real estate. So stay tuned, ladies. It's going to be really exciting. Um, all right. So, Erica, we have a couple minutes left, and I wanted to ask you, because you've done so many different things and you have a lot of success, to what do you attribute your success? Um, probably that I'm stubborn. No. <laughs> I attribute it to kind of being um, – I'm one of those kids that, like, I want to read about it. Like, show me, show me, right? Like, you know, sometimes you're like, hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. I'm like, are you sure it's hot? Let me see, right? And and that can be good and that can be bad, but I think my family very much followed my energy into reading. I like three three aunts who, like, in the summers would do the library thing. And, and so I would read all these books. And even in college I had, um, like, really awesome, you know, I think I think right now if I look at my mom's house, I think there's 300 books in her garage. And then right now in where I live, there's probably another 400 books here. So I'm like, I think when I was like a voracious reader for a little bit, but then I took a ton of action. Like, and I don't want people to miss that part yeah. of the story. Let me say that again. Like I have all these books, but I would read something and I would immediately <laughs> take action. I would test it to see if it was true. I would test it to see if it worked. Um, I remember I, you know, I was like, I'm like, I'm missing something. So I remember buying this book by Bob Rice, and I think it was called Alternative Answer. I went to the book, and it was giving examples of, you know, where to invest. And the first thing in the front of the book when you open it, it says Yale has a billion-dollar 
um, endowment fund. They only put 6% of it in the uh, U.S. stock market. The rest is invested, you name it, everywhere, you know, farmland, timber, uh, companies, you, you name it, equities, everything. It's, and so, yeah. like, in that moment, if it's good enough for Yale, it's good enough for me, right? Um, and <laughs> even on the flip side, like, like just thinking, um, when I started reading, I would read a book and I'd go, I'm going to attempt this. Well, when I got in that book, The Alternative Answer, half the stuff it was telling people to do, I was already doing it. And it had me at an immediate, intermediate, intermediate investor. And I just laughed because I was like, wow, like, there's so much power with our phone, and, and it's all about your mindset. <clears throat> if you get that mindset under control, like, really, the sky's the limit. And so I would say a little bit of it is stubbornness, a little bit of is curiosity. Like, I want to see. Like, let me see if this works kind of attitude. Beautiful. I love it. Learn a lot and take action. Mm-hmm. So fantastic, yeah. fantastic advice. Um, and, Erica, for those of people who want to connect with you, find out more about what you're doing, where can they find you? Man, you can find me on YouTube. Um, I have like a 1,600 videos on YouTube. I do really great live shows. I bring on guests, other business owners to speak about it because, you know, you could come on here and be like, well, Erica, I don't know about that. But then if I keep bringing you person after person, you know, sharing sharing what they're doing, showing you that it's real, that it's, it's possible, it really opens up your mind. Like, you know, if I bring on some young kids, you know, younger people can do it. If I bring on some older people, you know, older people can do it. I just love showing that, um, honestly, people aren't alone, right? Like if you, you're that one family member yeah. talking about real estate and your family doesn't want to hear it, <laughs> that you can go to the Internet, you can go to real estate conventions, conventions or conferences, you can go to RIA groups. There's people out there for you to connect with. And so that's kind of why I still do it. And, like, it's a crazy lead magnet, you know, not, a, not just because it makes me six figures or whatever, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> um, and Uncle Sam is too, but like the 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 side of it is connecting with people I never would have connected with any other way, right? So I have people who are yeah. reaching so, out to me from so the what's scene. The name of yeah. it's, sorry, it's, what's it, you can just Google me, Erica Williams. Oh, sorry, Erica okay. Williams, classy line. All right, classy line. All right, sounds good. And <laughs> we have time for a quick. Um, end of show uh, trinity, so it's a, a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. So what's your brag? Uh, my brag is I get to, I help my nephew have his little lawn care business this summer, and he got a riding lawnmower. He's like 11. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like, a, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's a quick brag. It was super cool. Um, what am I grateful for? I'm really uh, grateful for the opportunity. Okay. Sorry. Say it again? No, I was saying, well, brag. I loved your um, oh. brag. So go ahead. What are you grateful for? Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, like, travel, be in Texas, be in good health. Like, you know, I, every year I'm always surprised that, like, people get in car accidents and things happen, and I'm just grateful to be flexible and travel, honestly. And what's one thing I and desire? One thing doing? I desire is, Sorry. Uh, one thing I desire is this summer I'm going to do try to do a month in Italy, um, and we're like trying to get the Airbnb straight and everything. So I desire to make sure the company and the two employees I have get to a point where I can just be in Italy for the summer, technically a month, and that way I feel like I checked off my list. 
Mm, awesome. So shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Wonderful. That was beautiful, Trinity. Um, so you all, you can connect with Erica. So you can go Erica Williams, Classic Climb on YouTube. And you can connect with me at reigoddesses.com and, and check out our blog and other podcasts and um, some freebies and goodies we have for you there. And then join us next time for another great real estate investor goddesses interview. Thanks and bye-bye. Thank you.